0: no appointment radio wherever whenever now from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be here's Sean Kelly
1: how goes it welcome into the black and blue report podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans greetings today from the warm uh, thankfully and friendly confines of Studio B on campus This is the headquarters of the Saints and Pelicans, and this is your podcast. I'm Sean Kelly. Got back home last night about, oh, close to 1 o'clock in the morning, and we're back at it today. Uh, Full go here on the Black and Blue Report. Got a nice show for you here on Thursday. Kind of thought we would, and uh, thanks to Daniel Salerson and uh, a cast of, uh, well, a couple, um, we put it all together for you today, and so we're going to hit college football today, NFL football, and, of course, NBA basketball. Yeah, getting home late last night from uh, Charlotte. Uh, still not feeling real great about last night's ball game. The Pelicans fell to uh, a game under 500 again, 17 and 18, in losing to the uh, now 13 and 24 Charlotte Hornets. The final score being uh, 98-94. Tough way to start a stretch where we um, see the Pelicans playing seven out of their next nine against sub 500 teams. That's now eight to go. But uh, last night's loss. Um, well, I, you know, you can label it a dozen different ways. Let's just call it a bad loss. Uh, you're up 13 in the third, uh, couldn't finish last night. Kemba Walker was unbelievable. He, uh, he actually was the guy that also uh, hit the game winner for Charlotte and finished with 31 points. That's three straight games for him now with 30 or more points. That's the first time that's happened in his career. Uh, but he did a really nice job of carrying Charlotte last night. And, uh, and they're good at home. Uh, they're tough. They stayed with it. And a uh, tip of the cap to Steve Clifford for keeping his team um, hoping, I guess, as we went to the fourth quarter with the Pelicans still on top. Another a double-double for Anthony Davis last night. He had 32 points, 12 rebounds. That's 21 double-doubles now. I think that leads the NBA uh, at this point. And Anthony has doubled, double doubled I should say, in six of his last seven. All the more reason uh, that he should be starting for the West in the All-Star game, which it sure looks like he will be. Uh, Today we got the uh, third update on All-Star voting. And uh, out of all the – remember, we don't vote now for forwards and centers. We vote for front court players. So Anthony Davis certainly is in that category, and he's blowing everybody out of the water. Uh, He almost leads Blake Griffin by half a million votes right now, so up over 900,000 votes. Anthony Davis is still the leading vote getter amongst West, Western Conference front court players. So that's a nice update. Don't forget, keep voting. We don't want to necessarily see that go into a jeopardy over the next two weeks. So uh, you can do that. As a matter of fact, tonight on the Monty Williams radio show, we're going to talk about all star voting uh, as we'll bring in our social media guru for the Pelicans, Beth Blackburn. She'll be joining uh, Daniel Salerson. As a part of our Monty Williams show tonight, to talk about all the different ways that you can vote for the All Stars. Um, more on that in a moment. We'll talk about the Monty Williams show a little bit later here in the podcast. But again, the Pelicans fall last night, 98 94. They're back home tomorrow night. Big game against the Memphis Grizzlies. And we'll talk about that on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report in detail. Today, though, we'll look back on last night and we'll do so with head coach Monty Williams and, uh, and Anthony Davis. Here shortly on that college football front, Pat Forty, a long time. It's been a long time since we've had Pat on our program, but we're certainly glad to bring up, bring back Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports. Uh, He sat down on the telephone today with Daniel Salerson to help us preview the uh, college football national championship to be played on Monday uh, in North Texas. I love how they keep saying North Texas. Isn't it Arlington? Isn't AT&T stadium uh, part of the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex? Um, there must be something there to why every time now there's a a national type game, whether it's the Super Bowl or the College Football National Championship or the Final Four, they always refer to it as now um, we're playing in North Texas. So I'm not so sure what's up with that, but anyway, Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports with us today, and Jennifer Hale stops by, um, and we're not only gonna we're not gonna lean on her from the Fox Sports New Orleans angle, but from her big job, the NFL on Fox. Um, She had quite a bit of experience with the Carolina Panthers this past football season, so she's going to give us some insight on how the Panthers have done this, moving to the divisional round, and what their chances may or may not be on the road at Seattle this weekend. The other thing we're going to talk to uh, Jen about is weather. Uh, She had several games this year, including a real dandy in Minneapolis, where she was on the sidelines for a frigid football game. Uh, Not only does how does she deal with it, but how did she see the players deal with it? There's a lot of things uh, that go on with the players in these uh, sub-freezing temperatures that, uh, heck, I didn't even know about, I guess, frankly. Um, and so I think you'll find some interesting stuff in her conversation today. Um, and that is certainly, certainly pertinent to this weekend with Dallas playing at Green Bay. And now news today that kickoff in uh, New England at Foxborough is going to be 20 degrees uh, there mid-afternoon when they lock up with the Ravens. So, good show for you today. We've got an even bigger one coming up perhaps even tomorrow and then Monday's going to be spectacular. But I hope that you'll enjoy our guests today. Jennifer Hale, Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports, and then of course a little Pelicans re- recap from last night. All right, we'll get the we'll get the Pelicans piece out of the way first and then we'll jump into college football and the NFL. Stay with us it's Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans.
0: pelicans fans be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game quest for the coast presented by chevron help pierre the pelican save the coast in this infinite flying adventure save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises this fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the audubon nature institute quest for the coast presented by chevron available only on the
4: pelicans app downloaded today I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool, collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the
0: Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Hey, I think this is of note as we uh, we get into our Pelicans uh, post-game conversation with Monty Williams and Anthony Davis. Last night, the Pelicans lost at Charlotte by four. Um, If you take last season and combine it with this season so far, that's 61 times now that the Pelicans have lost a game decided by seven points or less. That is the most in the NBA. Uh, the other bummer note from last night is that the Pelicans are now 0-6 on the road against the East, and they start a road trip um, on Monday at Boston, uh, where they'll play five in a row on the road versus the East. So you can turn that around pretty quick, uh, but it is going to be a topic that will be discussed throughout next week that takes us through those five Eastern Conference cities. Um, on that road trip, by the way, only one team currently has a winning record, The that would be the... Uh, the very good Toronto Raptor outfit. It'll be tough to play at Air Canada Center. That's late next week, later on the road trip that wraps up eventually on Dr. King's Day in New York City. All right, so back to last night, 98-94 was the final score. Kemba Walker hit the game winner. Anthony Davis, though, had a chance or or scored the last Pelicans points of the game. There was a possession uh, that started out of a timeout with 23.1 seconds left. Um, Anthony Davis got the ball quickly he was the go-to guy last night um, as expected and should be and quickly made good on scoring for the Pelicans and giving them that brief lead before Kemba Walker uh, broke our hearts so that last big offensive possession is certainly a topic of conversation with the head coach and the game two in general here's my visit post game last night with Monty Williams coach you guys have been very good at winning games when leading yeah. going to the fourth what went wrong though tonight we just fell apart uh,
3: didn't Share the ball that we, uh, the thing that we've been talking about, um, especially down the stretch, the ball just stuck, and I thought we took some shots that, um, in transition, that we didn't really need. But um, they played harder for 48 minutes. Uh, we, we had the game under control, um, had a 10-point lead, missed a layup, and they came back and got an am one, and then the momentum kind of shifted from there. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, You can look at the numbers, we we had 19 assists, but we didn't share the ball the way that we typically uh, known for sharing the ball. We started the game off with five turnovers in the first quarter, first seven minutes minutes of the game, we had five turnovers, so uh, we got to get used to playing with each other and playing for each other again.
1: Coach, in situational basketball, it's not often that you get a possession out of a timeout with just 23 seconds left, you know, it's just inside, no more shot clock. It looked like you guys chose to go away Go away with that quick two with Anthony Davis. Yeah, we just What's that planks. like with that situation there where uh, how, how many possessions can be determined, yeah. I guess?
3: Well, we needed points, yeah. and we wanted to get, get the ball in our best player's hands. Him going to the basket, maybe he gets an and one. Um, at the time, we were having trouble scoring the ball and uh, trust our defense. Uh, when you're on the road, you don't want to leave it in anybody else's hands. You want to see if you can get as many points as you can, and uh, A.D. came through for us.
1: Coach and I will have plenty more to talk about later on tonight during the Monty Williams show. Uh, details on that before we get out of here on this Thursday. Anthony Davis, 32 points, 12 rebounds, four block shots. Not really in a good mood, though, after the ball game in the locker room.
5: Yeah, we just got in the paint. You know, uh, made some tough shots, made layups. Um, we kind of took some step backs on defense. Um, wasn't just guarding the ball, you know, uh, kind of losing our guys. Got a couple easy looks, you know, and uh, you know, uh, Kimba Kimber hit some big shots down the stretch. Do you feel
4: you guys
1: didn't play the same way in the fourth quarter offensively that you
5: did in the first couple quarters, the first two quarters, as far as putting the ball and that Oh yeah, for sure. Um they were trying to go for, you know, home run plays. Um they were good shots, you know, good looks. You know, um, you know, we just missed them. But at the same time, um, we got no, know, you know, um, situation, time-score situation, you know, and um, we could have got some quick twos, um, you know, but it, it didn't happen that way, you know. But I think we did a great job of fighting. Uh, we battled, you know. And Kimber was just Kimber. You know, he had big shots down the stretch and uh, won the game for him. you felt like the um, that be just, seen, uh, like, trying to, like, four shots four, six, seven, four. Uh, Not really. I mean, the shots that. You know, guys can make. You know, um, just missed tonight. And they probably, probably didn't need that shot. You know, whatever it is. You know, but um, you just gotta keep fighting, and keep battling. I mean, we're doing a good job of sharing the ball now. You know, and it doesn't matter who's scoring. You know, uh, you we know, just gotta you know, just keep just keep playing. You know, we gotta do a better job of picking roles. You know, especially the bigs. You know, um, realizing who the shooters are and being up at of back, you know, So, um, and that's mainly my fault.
1: Um, I let a couple guys get a couple open looks. You know, um, so, I mean, there's nothing we can really do about it now. That's Anthony Davis with the media following last night's loss to the Charlotte Hornets. They're back in action tomorrow night, 7 p.m. It's Superhero Night presented by State Farm at the Smoothie King Center. Tickets are available for the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. And we'll have it for you on the radio, of course, at uh, Pelicans Radio Network, and then television coverage on Fox Sports, New Orleans. Monty Williams show details in just a bit. Up next though, we're gonna talk uh, college football. Daniel Salerson jumps into the chair and visits with Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports next.
6: At the Ochsner Hospital for Children, No matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana with more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region. Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866 Auctioner to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Salerson.
4: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Time now to talk a little college football since the national championship is right around the corner. And to help us with that, I welcome back to the program Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports. Pat, always a pleasure having you on.
2: Good to be with you, lad. We're getting down to championship time
4: here. We're almost there. We're almost there. Pat, I wanted to start with a, a pretty simple question. Uh, between Ohio State and Oregon, were these the two teams you expected to see play on Monday night?
2: No, no, they really weren't. I I fully expected Oregon to be there, but I thought uh, Alabama would handle Ohio State. I was surprised and impressed by uh, what Ohio State was able to do, especially offensively against Alabama's defense. And, uh, you know, it should be a good game. I'm still picking Oregon, but I've, I've been wrong multiple times about Ohio State this year. They keep proving me wrong.
4: How does Ohio State keep winning? You have a third-string quarterback playing only, in his, uh, only a couple games without a lot of experience, but how does this team keep rolling on and getting some big wins?
2: Well, you know, they they've made a lot of big plays, and they've really cranked up their running game the last couple of weeks. The offensive line, which was really an issue early in the season when they played Virginia Tech, their quarterback was sacked constantly and under pressure. The offensive line has gotten a lot better, and uh, they've opened up some big holes. And Ezekiel Elliott is running like a star. He's run for 450 yards the last two games, just trampled Wisconsin, trampled uh, Alabama. And and it stands to reason he's going to be able to run against an Oregon defense that bends a lot, tends not to break, but it gives up a lot of yards.
4: You mentioned Elliott. He was part of that Ohio State 2013 recruiting class. He just wrote a great article on Yahoo com about Ohio State's 2013 recruiting class. Have you ever seen a class that has had so much impact so quickly with a team?
2: It's pretty darn rare. I mean, these guys, you know, are sophomores or redshirt freshmen, and they're not just, you know, making a play here or there. They're making all the plays mm-hmm. right now. I mean, their best players on defense are from that class. Their best players on offense are from that class. So, uh, you know, it, it is remarkable. Urban Meyer's never been afraid to throw guys into the fray early in their careers. But even he I think could have to be surprised at how well some of these guys have performed. I mean, J T Baird came out of nowhere, quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott was a, you know, well regarded running back, but I don't think anybody saw him running for sixteen hundred yards this year. Joey Bosa is the best defensive player in the big ten. Uh, you know, it's just the list goes on and on. They did a great job recruiting that class.
4: And not only they're recruiting in Ohio, but like you mentioned, they're actually getting into Florida and Georgia. Is this with uh Jim Harbaugh coming in in Michigan and Urban Meyer at Ohio State is the is the Big 10 taking a corner turning a corner for the better?
2: I think so. You know, the league's been down. I don't think there's any doubt about that and kind of uh embarrassed itself at times, especially in, you know, recent bowl seasons and in non-conference competition, but uh they've had some big wins this year in the bowls and yeah, you bring in Harbaugh, I think that's a total game changer at Michigan. Uh Meyer obviously has got uh Ohio State back, and James Franklin at Penn State. He, you know, First year got them to a bowl game, and they just kept their uh, defensive coordinator, Bob Shoup, from going to LSU, and I think that keeps uh, a really good staff intact there, and Penn State's going to be uh, someone to be reckoned with in the coming years.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to Oregon. They coasted against Florida State, winning big. We already know how good that offense is with Mariota, but Pat, I've been impressed with their defense, especially the last two games. Only 13 points they let up Against a top ten team in Arizona, they only let up twenty against Jameis Winston in Florida State. What is it about their defense that makes them such a threat?
2: Yeah, that's they—they they do have some of that bend but don't break mentality, where they'll give up a lot of yards, but they will stop you in the red zone. And the thing they did against uh, Florida State obviously was to create turnovers. You know, they—they they took the ball away, uh, you know, five times, and in that flurry in the third quarter, that you know really away the Rose Bowl against Florida State and a couple of those on Florida State's part were self-inflicted the, the crazy Jameis Winston fumble and the interception that they bounced off the receiver's hands to the defensive back but the rest of those the, those were good plays by the defense taking the ball away so uh you know is it is the unit great I don't think so but is it good enough given what the offense can do yeah I, I do think so
4: does that take less pressure off the uh, defense knowing that the offense has been so successful this season
2: it does. The one thing they have to do is that they just got to be in shape because they're going to be on the field a long time because the offense isn't out right. there very long. They score so quickly and they run plays so fast that uh, they've got to be in shape and they got to have a lot of players. They got to have depth there. Um, but but yeah, they don't have to make a stop every time they're out there because I mean they're going to score fifty points every game.
4: We're talking with Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports. Pat, give me a couple keys for each team in order for them to win the national championship on Monday night.
2: Well, I think you start with Ohio State. Can you at least slow down the Oregon offense? Can you make it turn the ball over? Oregon has turned the ball over fewer times than anybody in college football. In 14 games, they've turned it over 10 times. Marcus Mariota's has only thrown three interceptions. Can you make them make a mistake? Because otherwise it's going to be really hard to stop them. So I think for Ohio State's defense, that's the job there. For its offense, again, keep Ezekiel Elliott rolling and not have – Cardell Stewart or Cardell Jones have to throw the ball 35, 40 times because he's been very, very good as the third-string quarterback, but he's not necessarily going to be at his best, I think, if you put him in gunslinger mode out there. For Oregon, I think it's just keep doing what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, get get Mariota some space so that he can operate both uh, throwing and running and just getting out of the pocket to throw. Uh, get the running game back. The, the running game was okay against Florida State, but it wasn't just overpowering. If Royce Freeman has a better game maybe than he did uh, in the Rose Bowl, that would help them. And then defensively, same thing. Don't give up touchdowns. Give up field goals and try to get some stops that way. And if you turn them over, all the better.
4: Good stuff there. Before I let you go, I want to talk about this is the first year with the college football playoff. What do you, What do you think? Do you think fans are – are liking what they've what they're seeing? Um, what do you think so far? I know it's only been one year, but you think this is the right way to do it?
2: Oh, it's absolutely the right way to do it. If it weren't, if we were still with the BCS system, we would have had Florida State against Alabama mm-hmm. in the uh, in the championship game, and that I think would have been obviously the two wrong teams. So uh, you know, yeah, this is this is the right way to do it. Could it be better? Yeah, I think six or eight would be even better than four teams. And you get the champion of each of the major conferences in there, plus a wild card or two or three. Um, but yeah, I, I think fans have have flocked to it. I mean, the the ratings for January first were phenomenal. They were you know unbelievably high, and I expect the same thing with uh, you know a team of a, a flagship marquee team from the uh, from the Midwest and a team from the West. I think that uh, ratings
4: are going to be really high again Monday night. Do you see them expanding to a 6 or 8 playoff team any soon, or is it, do you think it's just going to be 4 for a little bit? Yeah, I don't see it happening
2: anytime soon because uh, I mean it took 140 years to get us to 4, <laughs> so I don't think they're in a big rush to go to 6 or 8. I mean, this was a long, hard battle just to get them moved off of the old system. So I'm, uh, I'm glad we are at this point, and I think we will get to a better point yet, but I wouldn't anticipate it happening anytime soon.
4: Well, hopefully it doesn't take 140 years to get the six or eight. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. that's Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports. You can log on to Yahoo.com to find all of his great work that he does covering college athletics. Pat, enjoy the game on Monday, and thanks again for coming on. All right. Thank you. Sean will be back on this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report in one minute.
0: We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. we got to turn our attention to the NFL at some point this week, and we probably should do so with Jennifer Hale from the NFL on Fox. Of course, we also know her from Fox Sports New Orleans, that's for sure. But, you know, as I'm looking at, Jen, the the matchups this weekend, especially on the NFC side, who better to talk about the situations than you? It seemed like you had... Carolina quite a bit and and here we have to uh, surprisingly enough talk about the Panthers in the divisional round of the NFC playoffs
7: yeah you know the NFC South Saints Panthers talk or um, Falcons excuse me they all tried to give it away so finally the Panthers come up with it uh, traveling up to Seattle this week uh, I think this is going to be a tough matchup Sean I think this is going to be very difficult I think that Seattle secondary is going to be a, an amazing test for Cam Newton and his receiving core Kelvin Benjamin and Greg Olson uh, but but to for the sake of discussion, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Carolina is playing their best football of the season right now, I think. Their their defense is what we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. You know, coming in, I, I remember talking about um, with Rondé Barber, who, you know, what better <laughs> defensive expert is that? Coming in, he thought, this is the best front seven in football. And we didn't see it to begin with, but, but we're starting to see it more now. Uh, can they get to uh, Russell Wilson? Can they make him uncomfortable? Can they – get some sacks, get some pressure. And Cam Newton, can he respond from that car accident? You know, I'm wondering how much is he being nursed through versus how healthy is he really? If you get a couple of good hits on him, uh, can he withstand that, especially the way he likes to run and scramble? He's by no means a cautious player. I don't think he could be cautious if he had to be. Um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting. And, and, again, for the sake of argument, I'll just throw this out there. Uh, the beginning of this season and the beginning of last season, these team, two teams also played, and it was much closer. Seattle won both matchups, but only by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. So perhaps we're underselling this one a little bit. We,
1: we may be. I, I will say this, though. Weren't we're both of those games in Carolina, though? Yes. Let, me, let me start with that, I yes, guess.
7: Yes, and you were right, that, that 12th man – Aspect um, is real, wow. you know. You know me. I, I grew up in the Superdome and cheered at LSU Saturday night in Death Valley, Saturday night in Tiger Stadium. So my first game in Seattle, I thought really impressed me. I, I know what loud is. I was impressed. Yeah. It, 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 it's that that atmosphere is for real.
1: All right, let's 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 though, like you said, gotta tip the cap to Carolina because heck, they did it, and they've also won now a playoff game, yeah. albeit against a third-string quarterback and in <laughs> in. Uh, in The Arizona Cardinals. Um, A lot of folks, though, Jan, will look back at the Carolina win at New Orleans and say, okay, that's when they started to kind of put it together. Would you agree with that or did you see the, the turn, the click somewhere else?
7: You know, you saw flashes all season, but then they would fall back into terrible inconsistency. The last game I covered them in was in Minnesota, end of November, freezing. Uh, The the temperature was 5 degrees and the wind chill was minus 7. They just looked like they didn't want to play from the very beginning. Um, I remember waiting for Ron Rivera for our halftime interview. I had him coming out at the half. Both doors of the locker room were shut, and I could hear him screaming for a solid eight minutes because they just were not playing. Um, and that's the type of inconsistency, lack of effort you can't have. You, you've got to come ready to play every game. I, I do think they've got some great playmakers on that team. Uh, I do think they are starting to come together. Luke Keekley has gone back to the Luke Keekley we knew the Luke Keekley who was defensive player of the year last year and defensive rookie of the year the year before that uh, so they've got some nice weapons Calvin Benjamin I think that's a bit of a question mark he's got great talent can he play like this isn't his rookie season in the playoffs this is his first run Greg Olson has turned into a, a, a fantastic weapon for Newton as well uh, you know and he's just one of my favorite players anyway I think he's just a great person and such a great story with the uh the heart issue his son has been battling. So certainly it's not outside the realm of possibility. If you were asking me to handicap it, I would take the Seahawks. Yeah. But you never know. That's why you play the game.
6: Right. I
1: think I think we're both in agreement on that. Okay, so you mentioned the cold, by the way, which you've done now several times um, as a sideline reporter for the NFL on Fox. Um, I guess my most notable note for you was your game at Minneapolis this, <laughs> this year where you had the heated socks and, uh, and other – accessories. Um, So therefore, I want to ask you about what it's going to be like uh, when Dallas visits Green Bay this weekend. Um, I think that most folks are aware that there's some tricks of the trade for players to survive uh, being exposed that long, Um, but I don't know if they know all of them.
7: (laughs) I don't know if I know all of them, uh, but certainly you're going to see players uh, lubing up with what looks like Vaseline and it traps the heat inside their skin. That's how they can go out there. You look at them you're like, how are you in shorts or short sleeves? during warm-ups how are you not just just physically dying oh they've got all that second skin stuff on and literally they take their their long john type things and just throw it away after the game you can't even wash that stuff out Uh, you're gonna see a lot of chicken broth they'll have chicken broth they'll have tubs of Gatorade but they'll also have tubs of of actual chicken broth you mean like like
1: like soup in a cooler
7: but nothing in it, just broth. Okay. No no, no right. noodles or...
1: <laughs> well, no, well, well, that would be for me.
7: Just the broth, yep. uh, just to kind of warm up your insides and, and get them going. Uh, you'll probably see some hot chocolate and apple cider as well. Um, you'll see players over by the heaters a lot. Those heated seats and those heaters will be the most popular place. And, you know, uh, for that game in, in, in Minneapolis, Cam Newton told me that he, his trick is extra hydration. He treats those cold-weather games extreme cold weather games, just like he does extreme, extremely hot games. So he starts his hydration plan on Monday with the extra Gatorade and the extra water and the extra liquids because your body's still sweating. It just handles it differently. And to avoid muscle cramps, he thinks hydration is a big key, which might surprise people when they think of the cold.
1: You get to watch it from three steps off the boundary. So uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm sure the hits are just as loud on a cold day as they are on a hot day, Uh, but certainly – um, do you hear guys talk about what it feels like to get hit in that weather as opposed to, say, September?
7: Yeah, I won't name names because okay. they wanted it off the record. But I said, be honest, there is no way you hit as hard. You have to feel it more. And and I have had multiple players tell me, heck yes, you feel it more. It hurts 20 times worse in that cold weather. Uh, so I think, uh, will the tackling be the same? Will people be wrapping up as hard? Uh, that was That was one thing Rivera was pretty hot about. Uh, for his Panther squad, not that it will be an issue, I don't think, in Seattle, but for that game in Minneapolis, he just thought that they were being very uh, timid in their tackling because of the cold. Uh, will Dallas, a dome team, will they be able to overcome that? I, I would imagine we won't see an issue with that from Green Bay because they're used to it. But but what about Dallas? How will the Cowboys respond?
1: All right, so we you put yourself on the spot by saying Seattle in that matchup. Um, I'll put you on the spot on the other one, Dallas or Green Bay to move on.
7: Oh, Wow. Well, by the way, this is my favorite game all weekend long. That's the one I can't wait to see. I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm going to have to go with Green Bay. Um, I'm curious how Aaron Rodgers' ankle is going to hold up. So if if he goes down or if he (laughs) is extremely hobbled, um, I I would revise my my prediction. But I I just think, especially with the elements and the type of competitor that Rodgers is, I I think I'm going to go with that one. now, DeMarco Murray, he's going to give them all they want. The ground game's going to be really key, but you asked me for a choice, so I say the Packers.
1: Fair enough. That's Jennifer Hale, of course, and it, forgive me if I get this wrong. You just completed, I want to say, your fourth or your fifth season with the NFL on Fox?
7: Fourth. Fourth. Okay,
1: I was right. I was going to be really embarrassed if I got that wrong. Um, she will be warm and dry this weekend, obviously, um, but one thing is for sure. Now that the NFL regular season is over, um, selfishly we get Jennifer the rest of the way on Fox Sports New Orleans.
7: I will be bugging you every game now. You get no breaks from me. So be warned. All
1: right, fair enough. There you have it. There's some great insight on these uh, two NFC matchups this weekend in the divisional round back after this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of Mardi Gras, baby. <laughs> just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000
6: in your back pocket.
0: Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today.
6: Now that's better than the
0: good beads, baby.
6: Must be at least 21 to purchase.
0: It's a bird, it's a plane, No, it's Superhero Night, presented by State Farm at the Smoothie King Center this Friday as the Pelicans take on the Memphis Grizzlies. The first 5,000 fans get a Pelicans cape, brought to you by State Farm. And make sure to dress in your best superhero outfit for our costume contest during the game. Tickets start as low as $14, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get in on the high-flying action. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report.
1: Hey, big thanks to Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports talking college football today, previewing the National Football Championship, the College Football National Championship. That's on Monday night again in North Texas against the, uh, pitting the Oregon Ducks and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Jennifer Hill, great stuff from her. A lot of great insight about playing in uh, the frozen conditions that we'll see this weekend for at least two of the football games. And, uh, of course, we had a look back on last night's basketball game with Anthony Davis and head coach Monty Williams. More from Coach tonight. The Monty Williams radio show returns tonight after a three-week hiatus. Um, some of that was the holidays. Some of that was the Pelican schedule with a game, I think, on, Thursday, on a Thursday, back three weeks ago, as a matter of fact. But it returns tonight. Normally that show is at 8 Central on 105.3 WWL-FM across the um, New Orleans metro area. Tonight, because of some special programming surrounding the uh, celebration of the victory in the Battle of New Orleans. That program airs at 9 o'clock Central. 30 minutes of Pelicans basketball. It's, your, it's all yours tonight. And, of course, it is uh, all around a, um, an extensive conversation with Monty Williams, our longest with him of the week. And um, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll have a thought or two about the big home game tomorrow night against the Memphis Grizzlies. Am I forgetting anything else today? Ah, we will have the Monte Williams interview for you tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report in case you are unable to get to a radio later on tonight. And, um, and with that, we'll say goodbye on this Thursday. Stay warm, everybody, uh, especially those of you who are listening outside of the Gulf South and up north. Um, we think it's cold here. <laughs> Doesn't even compare to the temperatures we're seeing Gosh, from Memphis North, it seems, at this point. So everybody be careful out there. Uh, thanks again for joining us today on the Black and Blue Report. We always enjoy our visit with you. Don't forget, you can always follow this show on Twitter, at BlackBlueReports, at BlackBlueReports, uh, and, of course, also at Dee Salerson and at Sean Kelly Live. Keep to date on all of our programming notes and other things that we gather here on campus where the Saints and the Pelicans call home. All right, for Daniel, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at neworleansaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.